0: Hey guys, welcome back to Life Well Done podcast. Uh, lots of things going on in the world right now. Um, COVID is in some sort of way evolving. Uh, people are going back to work in some capacity or experience in the world and whatever the new normal may be looking like. On top of that, racism has made its appearance in a way that we've not seen in, in a long time and rightfully so. Uh, George Floyd was... Uh, brutally killed, um, at the hands of a police officer, unjustly justly killed, um, and for all of the reasons, racism is at the forefront of all conversation right now, as it should be. It is a really difficult thing to look at the world and, and acknowledge that in some way around it, there's so much hate. And everybody's talking about how they want to be a part of change and what it looks like. And there's really no right answer at this point because somebody is always going to agree and then disagree with you. For me, I am a white male and I know what my life has been about. I've had my fair share of struggles just like the next person. But I do not know what it is like to be a black male in the United States or any part of this world. I will never have that capacity to understand it. I try to live my life in a way that I um, try to understand where people are coming from, understand and appreciate that their experiences are theirs, and not try to broad stroke with the paintbrush how things work. And having said that, there's ignorance in what you don't know. And what you don't know is just what you don't know. And in in this whole situation, I've been really conflicted about where my mind is, what I think about a lot of things, whether it be political, it's race, it's my purpose in the world, on and on and on. And I've been really confused and it's put me down these rabbit holes of trying to understand all angles of this. If anybody knows me, I think that they know that I always try to find a deeper meaning behind everything, a reason. I'm always looking for an answer. I don't believe everything I see. I'm, I'm a bit against the grain in terms of I just don't follow the crowd. I've always got more questions. And oftentimes, I learn, almost all the time, I learn in conversation. And to me, that's probably the best way to learn. You can't understand how to debate. You can't really appreciate what other people are going through. You can't really learn or get your views cleared up or out into the world without having good conversation. So I reached out to one of my good friends of of many years that I is in the fitness community, Cam Brown. Um, Cam is a, a incredibly well-articulated man. He's very deep thought. He's very put together in a way that he tries to make sense of everything. Cam and I go way back uh, into g- the gym, the, the fitness uh, arena, but Cam's always been way more than just a coach to me. Cam really does his homework about all things, and Cam truly cares about people. Cam is a black man um, in Michigan, and I've always appreciated Cam because he he will allow me to speak my mind, doesn't take it personally, but will also educate me on from his point of view and how he is affected in the world by... Lots of things, whether it be race, it it be financial, it may be the business side of things, whatever it is. Cam is just a really well put together human being. And so I reached out to Cam um, through a lot of this chaos that we are experiencing. And I said, I think it would be a great idea for us to show how easy it can be to have a conversation, to educate to each other what the experiences are, where the confusion is, and so on. That was my goal in running, doing this podcast with Cam, and Cam delivered. Cam really opened my eyes to things that I've never heard anybody talk about. And I I'd like to think I do a decent amount of due diligence to get my information and take everything with a grain of salt. And Cam makes it clear that this is very much his experience, not everybody's. But who better to ask than Cam, who is experiencing what it is to be a black man in America. That is his life experience, and I trust that Cam gives me direct, honest answers, and I think he really delivered. And so through this whole episode, it, it's funny because we had a good conversation before we recorded, we had great conversation while we recorded, and then there's an encore at the back end of this, because we pressed, you know, we ended the podcast, and there was more to be said, and we actually started an even better conversation, and I hit record, so there's a bit of an encore at the back end of this. This is one conversation. At one point, it's very uncomfortable for me because I, I don't want to believe, I don't try to operate from an ignorant standpoint, but I am a white male and my, my experiences have been my experiences, but I am trying to learn. I'm trying to be better, not for just the black community, but for all of society. We talk about the hot topics of why all lives do matter, but right now black the black community needs more from us Uh, we talk about mental health the systemic issue and what that really means because that was where a lot of my confusion came from and cam does a really good job of expressing these things so i hope that you listen to this i hope that it makes you think critically and i hope you acknowledge that what we we cam and i as i'm sure so many people are trying to do are start a conversation to better understand together you may not agree with all things cam says or what i say and that's okay. That's the point. You, the more data that you can gather and you can think critically about, the more opportunity you will have to better understand both sides, all sides of all experiences. And only then will you be able to make a really great decision about what your beliefs are. We talk about the difficulty of the narrative news and the 24-hour news cycle where we don't have that chance to process. So I really hope that when you listen to this, it's with an open mind from both angles. Uh, I cannot thank Cam enough. If you are in the Ferndale, Michigan area looking for a gym once the gyms are fully open, please hit him up. They, they do such an incredible job with community as a lot of gyms in, that, in the Metro Detroit area do. Um, but my my I, I truly love Cam as a human being. He's always had my back. And to me, this was an opportunity for me to really learn a little bit more, to gather more information so I can feel like I can make better decisions about what I believe and what I hear and what I see. Uh, And Cam did a great job. I know that Cam would also say that if you have questions, feel free to reach out. Cam is open book. He's, He's willing to have difficult conversations. And although I've been on this podcast, along with Nate back in the day, talking about our mental health, our struggles with suicide and addiction. This is the most difficult podcast that I've done because I do not want to offend anybody. But unfortunately in the world today, you cannot. we do not live in the vacuum, which we talk about. There is no such thing as perfect. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to be vulnerable, to try and understand, to educate, and to become a better human being for the world and currently to help the black community become equal. For some reason, we don't see each other as equal, and that that is unacceptable. And so right now, I'm trying to do my due diligence to make sure that I am upholding my side of the bargain to make sure that I can be a better person for anybody out there. So without further ado, uh, let me know what you think about this. Find Cam on Instagram. I'll link it all together. Um, and obviously, let me know what you think. We can have an open conversation. I, I want to learn. But um, check it out, rate, subscribe, share it with your friends. This is important to get out to the world for all of us. Um, but yeah, let me know, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, man, we're recording here. So um, Cam, uh, long time friend, uh, we are chatting here on the podcast. Um, not really sure how to start this, and I told you I was going to run this as a regular, like a regular podcast. So let's just start there introduce yourself. Give us a 10,000 foot view of Cam Brown.
1: So Cam, um, big thing. I mean, I grew up in Detroit and um, around Detroit's area. Um, the other parts of it is I went to school at Georgia Southern. I studied, stu- uh, communication studies. So a lot about communicating with people and, and, um, the depth of communication and mass communication and all of the other intricacies of that. And that's kind of what led me into, uh, the science field it 's really just about studying a lot of different journal articles peer reviewed articles, and things like that so um and thinking about thinking critically about the things around you um the things you're taking in the things you you say yourself and do yourself so that kind of study and critical thinking um, is pivotal into later on getting into coaching um which after college it seems like left field, but i wasn't really getting any any work in uh, communications which is shocking for a lot of people I'm sure <laughs> um, but um, with that I started to I was a, I was a big guy I was uh, at my heaviest it was 250 pounds so um, I started doing CrossFit on my own, on my own in, at home and at Planet Fitness and things like that and then um, eventually I went to an affiliate and started working out there after working out at the affiliate for a while and doing a lot of studying on my own to kind of get better at movements and understanding what I need to do what it, to get better and all that stuff um I was asked to be a coach at that affiliate, which is where I met Brian and um from there, I just kept coaching and coaching and that was uh, I think I've been coaching for probably seven years at this point somewhere around there, so That's about um, right. yeah so. And it's really been um, the reason I'm passionate about it and um, why I've gotten into the fitness field is that there's so much study that can be done to help people improve their lives and health. And even from an athletic standpoint, it's uh, the ability to um, help somebody train to get to that next level, whether they don't have anything going at the bottom where it's just like, hey, I just want to be able to squat down into a toilet and get back up. Or it's somebody like, I'm trying to shave a 10th of a second off my runtime. I'm like, I love all of this. And I love digging in to figure out why we can do that. And I know Brian and I, have, um, we've talked so much about uh, all these little intricacies and all the different ways that we can do stuff. And that's always been a fascinating part of it. So that's really the basis. And then um, after coaching there, I opened up my own gym, uh, CrossFit HCS it's in Ferndale, Michigan. And uh, we've been open for two and three quarter years. We're almost at three. Awesome, dude.
0: It's um there's so much inside of that <laughs> little bit of intro that uh, I'm just picturing so much that you and I have been through together. Um, you you uh, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man, you you have been one of my biggest um, supporters and and like, I don't know if confidants the right word, but like you you have always had my back in a way that, um, only my closest friends and my family really have, and, and for that, like, I'll always, I'll always like, be incredibly appreciative of you for that. Um, I know at one point you and I talked about opening a gym together. Yeah, uh,
2: and,
0: and pretty, you know, like a lot of people talk, but I felt like it. You know, I remember what was the name of that burger joint on Main <laughs> Street or Was it Comet Burger? Is that the name?
1: Yeah, it was Comet Burger. I remember. Yeah. I
0: remember really like we sat down there the first time, and, and I remember at some point like sitting back on like dude, we might actually fucking do this
2: yeah
0: <laughs> but uh dude i have I've always appreciated you as a human being um <clears throat> i don't remember the first day you were at that affiliate uh it's kind of like the ohio state and, and michigan relationship i <laughs> it. as right, um, that affiliate but but it's it's um you know i i i have wished this about a lot of people that are close to my life I don't talk to you enough um mm-hmm. but right. I also know that i feel like we it's a genuine uh, experience back and forth here but like I can pick up the phone and you, you always be there and, and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've always appreciated, that. but mo- almost as much as that, we've had some really good conversations about strength, conditioning,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: CrossFit and, and all these things. And, and I think that you and I have always connected because we've got a similar outlook in, in how we gather our information. We're very analytical. Um, right. I've always looked at you and, and thought deeply about how you operate. You've always been a writer. And, and when you write, I, I always, first of all, I have to read your stuff like 12 times. So I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> but I also know that your message is deeper than the words, and the words are already deep. So it, it challenges me. But we're not on this. Uh, I talked to you about podcasting before a little bit here and there, or mm-hmm. just getting together, right? And it's unfortunate we're doing this over uh, Zoom because uh, we could have had ginger beer.
2: There's right.
0: Story. <laughs> we'll have to bring that story out in a maybe in a better light one day. But, um, We've, we've, you've always, I remember having a conversation with you at that affiliate and looking at painting on the wall. And I remember you looking at me going, what if red doesn't look red to you? <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. still, Dude, I talk about this with everybody that I talk to about anything that's deeper mm-hmm. than how was your day? How mm-hmm. do you see the world and why are you, why do you believe what you believe? And why is it not okay for other people to believe other things? And why are we so defensive of other people believing? you know, the cycle, this, this whole thing of like living the human experience. And I have on a piece of paper perception, and that's maybe probably the best way to start right now. Um, Because as much as I want to keep this into relating it to strength conditioning, because that's performance in whatever capacity you want to call it in mindset is really what the podcast is about. Um, but perception. Now I've talked about you and I both talked about how we nervous to do this conversation. And you've, you yeah. mentioned dodging it and I've, I've <laughs> laughed. So I'm like, I don't, the fuck, are you dodging man? Like, <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's funny because perception, if you look at everything, you try and take in everything that's going on right now and we're trying to keep in the strength condition, but we're also going to talk to the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. We start off with COVID this year, mm-hmm. which was, um, there's a lot of questions about that. Yeah. And, and I've always been one. Uh, I'll just get my libertarian views out of the way. I think there should be less government. <laughs> um, there's no, there's yeah. no more libertarian comment than that, I don't believe. But um, I've always tried to look at everything and go, what, what are we really believing? What are we really hearing? And what are we really experiencing? And how do I try to put myself in everybody's shoes to understand it? I, I like to believe I'm an empath. So with going on perception, I guess my question is, I'm trying to understand better what it what it is to, what your experience as a black man in America has been. And I know some of your stories, you've shared some of your stories about living in the South. Mm-hmm. So I am aware of some of these things, um, <laughs> of, some of these things, some of your experiences that you've already expressed to me in the past. Yeah. And so I guess maybe we can start there and just see where this goes. Um,
1: yeah. For sure. So, like, um, before any of this, before we even kind of go in diving into my experiences as a black man is I, I do have to preface this whole thing that this is um, I can't speak for the entire community of black people. Right. Um, I,
0: <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you and just go, well, we're already on the same page. <laughs> yeah. The human experience. But go on. dude. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. And that, that's the big thing is that um, it is the human experience. Everyone's got different stories to tell and a lot of different things that go on in their life. Um, I will tell what I, I, what's happened to me. And I understand this as being a thing that happens to uh, the average black person or black male in America. Obviously I'm still, not, I can't, cannot speak for black women and I will not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a whole other different, they got not a whole different argument, but you know, it's a whole, whole different habit- argument. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, they got some other things that, that we can't, we can't speak on, we need neither one of us, women, we'd probably be eating our words at the end of that whole whole
2: situation.
1: But um, I want to make sure that that's kind of understood is that, that these are my experiences and they are maybe similar to a lot of people. um, And we share a lot of that and maybe some of these viewpoints. And I mean, most of it, I will say, um, yeah, the South. When I was in the South, um went to Georgia Southern uh, and at school there and just driving down there, um, being pulled over by police officers and um and on one of one occasion just pulling up, pulling my car over while I was driving down there with all of my stuff in it, took all my stuff out of the car because they were searching for drugs, thought I had some. So like um I was just moving down there, took everything out of my car. Took the seats out of my car put it on the side of the road didn't find anything they drove off and i'm just stuck outside by myself with tons of things just kind of scattered about for no reason and unfortunately this wasn't the first time i've been searched and it wasn't even in the south i've been searched up here um more times than i can count where a cop just kind of comes by you look like x and you're in the same area as somebody so we gotta search you and it, um, that initial part of it happened so early into me being, not even of driving age, but if I'm walking around and a police officer sees me, I, I, I'm questioned. If I'm in a store, um, I've been uh, looked at on either monitors or been followed around in a store or this small thing of where, let's say I'm in a store and I pick up a book, uh, they'll, they'll come over to me like, hey, let's hold this book at the counter while you continue to search. I've never had that happen before. And, I, and as a kid, I'm like, cool. I guess I don't have to hold this book, but, <laughs> but it, it's because the uh, kids are innocent, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, cool. You can, you got my book. You can take it up to the thing later on it, as it continues to happen. And I'm in a different store and it's like, Hey, we'll take this up to the counter while you continue to look. Um, they're, they're doing this because they don't want me to steal anything. And it's the same thing that happened at happens at uh, corner stores or anything like that. Gas stations. I'm being looked at a little bit harder. And um, when you live with it early enough, and this is kind of part of it, is that when, when something happens to you early enough in your life and it's so frequent, it becomes normal. So when I'm pulled over by a police officer, obviously I know what to do. Um, I stop my car, turn it off, don't reach for anything fast, be as polite as possible. You have to do these things. When I'm in a store, um, I was told when I was a kid, don't put your hands in your pockets. They'll think you're stealing something. To this day, I don't put my hands in my pockets when I'm at a store unless I feel like being in a super rebellious attitude and I shove them deep into my pockets and jingle the change around and letting people know like, hey, I might have something. But it's, it's Once you start at that level, you kind of feel this over and over and over again. But then every single time a a police officer pulls up behind you, you um, immediately tense up and you got to like, you have to remember all of the different rules you've learned through life. And I'm not saying that these experiences are um, only for black people, because I've heard from white people that say that, uh, yeah, like I also get tense. I'm like, you probably do. I get tense because we not only have I been pulled over and you've been pulled over, but I've also been searched. I've been held in handcuffs six or seven times on a curb, just sitting there while I've been searched. And I, I don't think the average white person has that experience where I think the average black person, maybe not in handcuffs, but has, ha- has been sh- searched and questioned without that problem, without, without any real probable cause. And that is... Um, the start of all of this police brutality and all of the 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 perception here of what's going on is just that we have this constant notion in our head that we are something other and that's really the basis of if i were to continue talking about other things is to know that in the back of our head we were since we were put out into the world into the public and we can understand things we've always kind of had a sense of other even if we're able to mix and mingle into different situations there is a sense that we don't quite belong in that situation okay Um, so i guess you know and and i think part (laughs) of my
0: hesitation in saying anything Mm -hmm. is because when people hear me white white male middle class white male i think that people assume that i haven't thought about what it's like to be black Um, I, I think about me, me again, like no broad strokes. I generally struggle when I watch people in pain about anything, you know, um, I went with my wife somewhere last night and it was, it was a, it was a going away situation. And, um, someone showed up that the person that was going away, didn't really care for, and they told him to leave and in, all right, you've got your own beef. But I thought about the person that was asked to leave and and what that really does mentally to someone. And, and I really like had to do a good job of like, now's not the time to think about it because you're involved with a group of people, like don't be that person, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when I make my comments, I struggle with my confusion about why I'm feeling the way I am because I don't think of myself as ignorant. I think of myself as like trying to process deeply what everyone's experiences now just the other day I was driving on the road and a cop like rushed up behind me and immediately I, I you know your stomach cramps up you're like ah fuck you know now I wasn't worried about my life what I was worried about was god damn it car insurance speeding ticket because I probably was speeding yeah. <laughs> real. yeah so I guess when we talk about like the white privilege situation and I've got a lot of questions about all of this, the white privilege thing may be that I don't, I don't fear for my life and that's not an okay for anybody. And we're, I'm going to, we're going to go down that whole road in a second here about viewpoints on that. But, and I'm not even trying to draw parallels to that. But as you said, I think everybody's had that experience, that part of the experience They're like, fuck, there's an authoritative figure that's about to tell you, you did something wrong. Now, everybody's running parallel still white, black, Asian, green, purple, boy, girl, trans, whatever. The other side of it is I've never feared it for my life and that I can, I can understand. I cannot relate. And I, you know, in this situation I've never had to, and I can appreciate where the difference is in, in race at that point, as far as like, okay, I, I see what, what you are talking about in terms of, what, what racism is. Um, I asked another one of my friends, she's, she's been a friend since early college. And I said, I, I need help understanding the white privilege conversation because I, I feel guilty, but I'm not, I'm not sure why, because I, you know, like it's one of those things of, like I try to be good to everybody. I try to put my feet in your, you know, your shoes as much as I can. I'll never be a black man as much as you will never be a white man. Right. I just look at you as cam Brown and that's it. I, you know, like great. And she was like, yeah, Brian, you can ask these questions all day long. And she's like, I'm happy to answer. I'm like, Great. cool. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not coming from a place of ignorance or I think I'm better than you or I'm genuinely curious. And she said, think about this growing up. Um, your, your darker skin, your, your black man, and you go to, you get a scrape on your knee, you go put a bandaid on, you still want to only be peach. I said, you know what? I never thought about that. I never thought about that. And, and right then and there, I said. I'm starting to understand at a deeper level now where the mindset, the viewpoint comes from, for someone like you, Cam. I didn't think about a bandaid. I just thought, all right, it's a bandaid, dude. Fuck it." You know, I, I'm also the guy who uses fucking hockey tape on cuts and stuff. So <laughs> my confusion doesn't come in. I can't understand it. I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to learn or pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am wondering, like, where does the, you know. Where does the guilt come from, maybe for me, and maybe you don't have that answer, because I've never looked at Cam and gone, black man. (laughs) I thought of him as like, fuck, dude, this kid's fucking, this kid's really smart. This kid works really, really fucking hard. He challenges my mind. He kind of gets me. He's been a great friend to me. He's had my back. The same way that you called me up, I'd be like, yo, what's up? You know, and and I think for me, that's where I struggle, understanding it. Um, I don't look at the world as black, white, purple, you know, whatever. I don't. I just see cam, and I see white people in danger. I see black people in danger. And, and I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. It's just trying to understand maybe more of like, why am I feeling guilty? Am I doing something wrong? Yeah.
1: Um, and this is this is an interesting part of the conversation um, because I did I talked to another. I'm, Right now I've been talking to a lot of different people about this whole situation. A lot of friends come to me and say like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I just feel something. And there's a lot of like powerful weight on like their shoulders. Like I need to do something or say something like, I don't feel like I've done something wrong. I just don't know what to do. Like, I I don't feel like I'm racist. I'm like, you're not, you're, you're not racist. And I'm glad that you're challenging what's going on. Like, Brian, I'm super happy that you're thinking about this because that's the important part is like, you're, there's nothing wrong with feeling like I, 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 you know, everybody's people, people are people. You can walk down the street, black person, Chinese person, whatever, you know? And that's, that's cool. It's, um, it's understanding that, that not everyone has that same thought in your situation, right? So, um, and there's a few other different layers of it, but we can, we can say that not everyone has that thought. And it's a really easy way to see it from a women's perspective in this. And I can only say this because I got yelled at about it. Right <laughs> um, uh, so a conversation with let's say we're having a conversation and we're talking about females and we're just we're only talking about um, them in, a, in sexual in a sexual way, right? and that that's all we can kind of say or view them as or from the outsider looking in if we're just having that kind of conversation. So all of a sudden, what we're doing is blanket stating that women are sexual objects, if that's what we always go to for women. So even if we, then when we interact with women, obviously it's a fine thing to do. You know, like we're, we're always talking just like anybody else is talking. But if outside of women, what we talk about is just them in a sexual sense, or even just in a relational sense, then we start to shape what a woman is in our brains right? Because then it's like, okay, this, a woman needs to be this. So what happens is um, if we're not at least thinking critically about how we're treating or looking at somebody um, in different ways when they're not around or when we're not just talking one-on-one, then we start to shape what that group is inside of our brains. So um, let's say typically what happens is it, it will have a friend. It'll be a white friend. And it's like, I'm not racist. I have black friends and (laughs) right and all the black people go oh no don't say that because you 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 can absolutely still be racist and have black friends because you can talk to me and i we can talk to each other and i know it's all love here however if the only other interaction that you have with black people are is let's say uh you watch um I don't know, The Wire. I'm dating myself, but that's the last thing I think, but it's like in all I'll you- I'll go say, a
0: step further and say, I've never
1: watched The Wire, so you're oh,
2: <laughs> don't watch The Wire.
1: <laughs> um, if all you know of black people are rap music, right? And, um, and I'm talking about like gangster, really hardcore rap, and it's just, all you listen to is just like the murderous, violent rap lyrics then you have shaped what your perception is of all the other black people so that you see us like me and you just being friends and I am the other black person, but black people are mostly gangsters and thugs. And so when we start to go into that, that relationship of how we're starting to build who people are in our brain before we can see them, which happens, it's a thing. Then we start to, um, shape how we interact with them without seeing them so that that's when we get the pro- police brutality because maybe we're having to this in, it, this situation where we think black people are very aggressive because of th- the music um and so then we start to or because that's what they learn and maybe they m- interacted with a few aggressive black people then we start to become more aggressive towards black people because that's our perception of black people when there's as many different types of black people as there are different people, and that's what we need to know.
0: Okay, to me, okay, that makes that makes more sense to me. There's something you said in there, so I, I apologize for feeling all over the place. I'm trying to put all this together and and, and listen, do a better job of listening instead of just reacting to it. I think. Not just white people, but there, there's a lot of confusion in the world right now. Specifically in America, Ooh. political system is fucked up, and I don't think that's something new. I don't think it, my belief is that Trump is not at fault. Did, did Trump help? No, no. But he's been in for four years. Let's just call it four years. This mm. is a systemic issue. Yep. This is long before, and so without trying to just talk about Democratic or Republicans. Because I think, I think politics in general are just an absolute sore eye to w- our whole country at this point. Um, the narrative that is spun right now—it sounds a lot like to be on the side of to to label it to to be on the side of supporting um, police brutality. It, the black um, community—you're on the side of blue—and I've seen white people i've seen black people i've seen every twitter going vote blue no matter who i thought that's that's exactly the issue that's exactly the issue that that'd be the same thing as going vote red or you're dead <laughs> right so like uh-huh. i've always tried to look at everything and go what's right and what's wrong and to me and everybody i feel like you know you can't be selfless all the time You need, there's something you have to take care of you and, and there's a mindset about like dude you got it you have to how much of this pain coming outward is because you're just not happy with yourself in some capacity. Right. And I, am not dismissing, you said something great there about, you know, music. We talk about kids, you know, playing grand theft auto and how that violence may translate into a more violent adolescent or, you know, teenage years. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't that do something to adults? We're still in, in, you know, influenced by lots of things, lots of things. Look, look at adults in America that are voting going, well, the CNN said this. Yeah, but CNN said that two days before that, and this happened, and there's court things, there's, there's always things going on. And so for me, that, that, the perception, there's this, the all, there, there's this narrative right now about, okay, there's, there's Black Lives Matter,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you've got other people saying, well, all lives matter. I never heard Black Lives Matter and thought, well, that doesn't mean that everybody else's lives don't <laughs> matter either. And I thought, sat there the other day, and I thought about it, and I thought, this, this feels just like a relationship, whether friendship, romantic, whatever
2: mm-hmm. you try to give hundred percent effort all the time, but it's generally not 50, 50. And right now the black community needs
0: 51% of our more while they kind of mourn and grieve and come together in their own right. And while we go, you know what, we'll do the dishes today. We'll do the laundry today, just the way you would with Sarah. And I would do with my wife, or are you having a bad day? And obviously, I'm not trying to put this into one day. But to draw an analogy to people that are trying to look for success on their own level, going, yes, all lives do matter. No one said that someone else's life didn't matter. Right. But what we're saying right now is that we need to bring more attention to what is happening here. And in saying that, acknowledging that, and I hope that's not coming across as like the ignorant side of things. My, my confusion, or I think a lot of people's confusion comes from, I've seen clips from Candace Owens. I've okay. seen retired police officers that are, that are black. Um, you, there's any video, it's like research right now. You want to find anything about anything, you can find something to support you. But a lot of them are talking about statistics. Now, okay, statistically, white men are killed at a higher rate by police officers than black males. Also, dig a little deeper, population of white males is higher than black males. Okay, fine. Then they started, I think Candace Owens pointed out some part of the statistic about there's a bigger gap between black males, the percentage of black, the black population, there's a big percentage of those males, those black males that commit crimes versus the percentage of whites. Now I'm not even, I don't, I didn't look up the statistics. This is just what I heard. And I just, these. it's all these narratives. On one side, you hear you're wrong for posting the black square on your Instagram. The other side, you're wrong for your silence. The other side, you're wrong for uh, protesting with blacks. Then you've got uh, black community saying, "We don't. This is our own issue. Whites aren't doing anything wrong." What it feels like there's no right anymore, and I think that's where the confusion comes from. Where you just it's it's like the analysis by paralysis, where you just feel like you're crippled because you're like. I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. All I want to do is give you love. I want to be there to support you. You know I got your back. What do I do? And, mm-hmm. and for me, like that's part of my confusion. And I feel like if that's my confusion, I, I think I'm pretty smart dude. I think I look at things critically mm-hmm. enough to go, I don't know. I believe some of it. I take everything with a grain of salt. Right. But there's all of that out there. And, and I think a lot of people are going, every time they think they make up their mind, something else comes out and they go, Cam made a video about, well, this is a black issue. And you know, we're not even, we don't even love our own. And I've heard that narrative too, from, yeah. from black folks. Of like, we, why don't we put this kind of energy into protecting our own when there's black on black crime? Why are we not on the streets protesting? And it's, I think that's a valid question, but also it doesn't invalidate. Like, yo, right now the black community, Needs a little bit more love. We need to move this to the right a little bit, not even politically. I mean, I'm I'm studying for a strength conditioning test, so I'm thinking about force velocity curves. We need to <laughs> put this thing in the position where there's more power to mm. people, and right now, it's it. We have to bring that black community up, so that why why is there an argument about equality now, or yeah. why is there still an argument about equality? dude, open the gym. You want to open the gym? Go fucking open the gym. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. So to me, can you speak on that a little bit about the different inputs? Because everybody's got it now. If it's social media, holy shit. Yeah. But particularly, there's a lot of black personalities right now coming out and saying that this is all misunderstood. The Black Lives Matter thing, misunderstood. Um, that the black community needs to be you know, policing their own and doing, I don't know how to verbalize it. I think you know where yeah. I'm trying to go with this. I think that puts a lot of confusion into the world. I don't know.
1: Right. And it's, uh, that one's, I would say, is a very tricky topic um, to kind of navigate because right now and unfortunately in the social media information age, um, there are a lot of different voices that are competing for everyone 's screen time and eye time so if if someone has an opinion, they can also find someone that who they don 't know can support their opinion so um, we get a lot of different voices and narratives like you were talking about that are trying to push very different agendas and then the way they co- they combat someone else 's argument is Wrong and um it also starts to create some type of tangent so that there's a different narrative, and then it grows into something that it it completely shifts, and then we lose everything um also, everything kind of moves at such a high speed because of the internet now yeah the twenty four hour news media right you know like, right. And it, it's crazy go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah like you could wake up and things are all different, and you're like. What just happened last night? You just, so, and that, that, that starts to create a problem in people's heads where they don't know what to do and they're trying to follow a voice, but that voice is something different than another voice. So we don't, there's a lack of leadership or a very controlled point of it. And that is, has been my kind of struggle as I've um, been observing this whole situation. And I'm, I try to kind of stay away from social media as much as I can. Um, obviously in there a bit occasionally, but staying in there kind of messes with my head. And I assume that it eventually it messes with everyone's head if, if you don't really, if, if, you're, if you look at it too much. Um, so because you can be swayed into a lot of different places. And if you're like us and we try to think about things and try to be critical, you look at one thing and then something that's completely different. And both of them have salient arguments, however, it might not be going towards the point. And that's the big thing is that we have a lot of people, black community, uh, police officer community, the white community that might have some decent arguments. However, it doesn't get to the point. And um, that's something that I've been working on writing now. Like I'm, I'm basically woken up and just going like, all right, fine. I'll be on social media so that I can try to be, some type of central voice. I know I'm not a leader out here. I'm not going to be the new the new person for everyone to look at. But when we were in that civil rights era, we had leaders that we could look at, and there might have been like five to ten very big prominent leaders at that point where people could go. This is something that we can kind of steer towards. Where now everyone's trying to be a leader, um, but with their own agenda. So that's kind of where a lot of different confusion and I can see a lot of people not knowing where to go with any of these things. Um, because anything you say, you're gonna upset someone on social media. Someone's gonna hate your idea. Like, um, and someone else said that. And I, I disagree with some of the, uh, the black comments that I hear. I don't believe policing needs to go away completely. And I also don't believe that we need to be policing our own people. That is more prob- problematic than, than anything. Uh, we can't. That can't happen. To, to me, like <clears throat> as a society,
0: we need to police ourselves, and, and I don't mean like other people. I mean like <laughs> check out the, check out the reflection in that mirror because right. you you are the issue. You as a cult, like we people, we because like man, I have a bad day and my wife comes home and she could say, "I love <laughs> you," and I go, "Fuck you." <laughs> it had nothing hey. to do with her. It had everything to do with me. And and so I can appreciate I, I I'm trying to understand and appreciate more what, what you mean with that. And that is exactly the issue. Because every time I start to develop maybe an opinion about, you know, wrap my head around something, something else comes out and goes, Jesus, dude. There's there's Candace Owens who, you know, okay, she's a conservative black woman. And I got you know, it's I don't know if it's conservative, it's just a black retired police officer saying, Okay, well, Why aren't we outraged when there's black on black crime and putting these statistics out there and giving their interpretation of the statistics. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, yeah, they, they are logical. Half the reason this, I think that this anything blows up is because they attack to your emotions. Well, if you just step back and go, all right, what's logic? Do I honestly think that uh, you cam have not experienced racism? (laughs) No. No, Jesus. Right. But I also look at it and go, we don't live in a vacuum. And so, like anything, like COVID, you know, wherever you stand with it, uh, you know, you, you weren't able – I don't even know what the state of Michigan is right now. It sounds like you're kind of opening up the, the gyms. But, like, you were told you cannot open your facility. And for three months now, you haven't been able to work. And then, without opening up, I see a governor – telling us from Michigan, talking about, well, you've got to social distance, you've got to wear a mask, and then not trying to, to get away from you know protests. Yes, support the black community, support police brutality. But also in doing that, how did you just go stand toe to toe, hand in hand, arm in arm with people <laughs> on this matter, after you just told every person <laughs> you cannot function, it's too dangerous? Now, I'm not trying to take away light from what the protests mean, not even for a second. It raises more questions about where is the consistency? Because, again, I'm not saying all lives are equal. In this case, no, we're trying to give more attention to the issues at hand. But also, now you're out there protesting this thing when how many thousands of people weren't able to to celebrate the life of the people they've lost through COVID or any other disease or heart attack or anything like that during that period of you saying, we can't do this. And so to me, it just adds more mass chaos of like, I think the system's broken at at levels that we people don't even think about. You know, I don't think this this is a Democrat Republican issue, not the people in it. It's just a matter of like, dude, we're just left and right. It's fucked. Yeah. And like, you're right. Why would we pull police funding? We should be going the other way with it. You want better trained people? What do you do? When you look at the military, who are the best trained people? Special forces. Well, how many millions of dollars do they dump into those guys? A lot more than they do with infantry. So in a way it's like, you know, you're like, we're not arguing against police. We're arguing against the bad eggs inside of this thing. They can't treat anybody. Definitely not the black community. With the same integrity that they treat white people. And that's an issue whether you're police is whether it's whether I'm running a gym. This is that is an issue. And we're not not trying to take away from that. That's the focus. But then we get the well, you're silent, so you're not, you're not, you're the part of the problem. You're like, okay. dude, can I formulate an opinion? Can I take in my information? What if I don't protest the same way as walking the street, but I'm donating or I'm having a podcast going, look how easy it is to have a conversation about difficult topics with a man that does not the same race as me. And we can just go, I don't know, dude, can you explain this to me? Can I ask some questions? Can I take my point of view? And then can we still have a beer
2: afterwards? <laughs> in right. you know,
0: to me, that's a lot of the issue right now is that, dude, you you should be fucking pissed. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really upset because I don't understand hate. Yeah, I hate, a, I hate a lot of people, but not to the point of like, ah, you know, I yeah. played hockey. I just go hit the person. Okay, fight him. whatever. Fine. Kill him. K- kill them. Yeah. Okay. Like, We've got a whole different scenario here. Right. A whole different scenario. And to me, maybe this just keeps pushing me into my confusion because I am trying to think. I've lost sleep in the last week over this stuff because I wake up and go, oh, fuck, my mind's racing not because I fear for my life, because I'm trying to make sense of everything. I think about you. I've thought about you, my friend Erica, more than I've probably thought about you in two years. <laughs> and funny enough, it's been late at night camp. But yeah. I've also thought about other people that we know in our community that are white that are in the police force.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, worry about, I worry about them too, because I know that they're outstanding citizens. I know that they're really good at what they do. And I know that they take an incredible amount of pride in making sure that they do the right thing. They treat people, they enforce the law when it needs to be enforced. And, and it's this battle between those two thoughts. Of yeah. how, how do we create some kind of equilibrium? I do not believe we live in a vacuum. I do not believe that I think we should probably open up the states. And we also have to understand that, unfortunately, and it could be my parents. But unfortunately, there's no scenario where we have zero deaths. No. And... That would be the same way with police, with gang violence, with white and black, with Chinese, war. There is no scenario in zero because you cannot have everybody in the same think tank thinking the same thing. Nothing occurs there. We need that energy transfer back and forth. Is it right? No, a lot of times it's morally wrong. But there's good and there's evil. And I think, I feel like from my perspective... Part of my confusion, may, maybe people will listen to this and go, he's white privileged. I, I don't know. I, I don't, that's not my stance. Maybe that's part of the guilt. I don't know. But I right. look at it and go, I just see there's good white people. There's good black people. There's good Middle Eastern people. There's all these things. And then there's also that motherfucking asshole
1: that comes in and you go, that's an asshole. All right, Brian, I'm going to have to slow you down, okay? <laughs> Please. Now you're, you're digging into a, um, a bad place okay okay yeah please elaborate Uh, yeah so what it is is that um yeah there's a lot there's way more good people than bad people and there's a lot of people out there that like there's a lot less overt racism out there and explicit racism that happens in the system um uh, there's a lot there's a lot of good people right right um and same thing with the police officers. So there's a lot more police officers that are good than there are bad. Sure. Uh, the bad apple problem is that, it, or thinking that there are a few bad apples, is that we're, we're saying that the police officers that are doing that are racist. And that isn't the issue, it's the, the institutional societal standards or the things that we've put in place. And that is what right now and all of these protests are about, is that there's a um, school to prison pipeline that happens in in schools that are really taking a toll on the black community. That's why there's a higher black population in in prison than than any uh, other race at the moment. And we don't have the most amount of pe- uh, people in the United States. Right. There are also training, and I've heard this from ex-cops in, um, in Georgia, that w- during training, they will tell people, well, yeah, we are in a more aggressive neighborhood where the people here are way more aggressive and we need to be more aggressive than them. We need to show them that we are the dominant people mm. here. If you do that to police officers, good or bad, They feel like they have power and then they try to exercise that power to a person who is upset. You know, they are over. they are whatever situation they're in they're upset and maybe they were fighting and maybe they were in the wrong. That's perfectly fine. You know, like two people are fighting at a bar. Yeah. One, somebody's got to go to jail. Somebody's at least got to get in handcuffs. However, When they get to that situation and they are more hostile than the people that they were fighting, or the people that are there, they aren't coming in there calm and trying to deescalate the situation, which is typically what we find happening. If they're not de-escalating the situation, then it escalates, and then some a black person dies. That's what we're tending to find is that when we are approached because of what we're seeing as more aggressive, then we get handled more aggressively. Um, so that, then that isn't a bad apple situation, that's a systemic issue, situation. And that comes from a lot of different layers of things that has happened throughout history. We're talking about the crack epidemic and, and then bringing it back into it. We're talking about the school prison pipeline. We're talking about a lot of different things that make it so that we cannot get to a point where we can be better unless we have some systemic changes. So that's when we start to get into um, I understand what you're trying to say um, and that people are good. Believe in the people. Always believe in those people. And that's what's going to get us out of that. If we can get the people together to organize, to understand that we need to stop having shitty schools in areas where we have a lot of people of color. These schools need to be funded as well as schools on the other side. And we need to take out the no tolerance policies where we're kicking kids out. These kids don't need to be suspended. They need to still be in school. Otherwise, if they're out, they've got to do something else. That's where we start to continue that cycle. If we say no tolerance, you're excluded. Where are they going to go? Their parents are at work. Like, What are they going to do for the rest of the day? They got to figure out a future. If you kick them out of school, they can't get money to do. Uh, they can't go to, to college. They can't better themselves. There's no trade schools they can, they can go to unless they, they're that an anomaly and then they can start to do different things and make themselves better. So then when we try to figure out these these issues, we're not tr- really talking about the people being explicitly racist and we're talking about a bad apple. We're talking about a bad system that continues to perpetuate the same type of racial inequalities that we have going on.
0: Okay, that makes, okay, that makes far more sense to me. And because although that was my thought process, I thought, well, it can't be that easy, right? Like it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, well, I don't know. Seems obvious right now. What's the situation here? That makes far more, more sense to me. And obviously like, I don't know, people will label my comments as however they want to at this point. But I think I'm more inquiring about like, where, like, where is, where is this break off? That makes, that is the first time that it's ever been explained to me like that. Mm. And like, I can't (laughs) listen. The media is not going to tell me that. No. You know, and I, maybe that's part of where my, my struggle with everything comes from. Is like I, I don't why can't I grasp onto this thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you know I'm looking and going like where where is the issue? What does systemic issue mean? Because when I hear when I hear systemic, I think well what's the government doing wrong? And I think well mm-hmm. God both sides are kind of leading us the wrong way. Right. You know it, it's not about us. In no. in in this whole roundabout thing, I've always thought like what it feels like we as the people of the United States give up so much fucking power because we go help us. Yeah. no, no, no. I got to look at Cam and go, what can I help you with? And what can you help me with? And, and that's kind of where I, that's that whole, like, dude, you got to take care of yourself. Like you've, you've got to understand where you are mentally. I feel like to be able to do, it. we give up, we ask the government for so much help that it's just a game. I feel like they're playing, you know, we're, we're puppets to them. And that's mm-hmm. you explaining the systemic setup at that point is the first time that's ever been taken to a level of going, okay, now I can see it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who I am. I can see where you're coming from with this. Yeah. So then my question is what's the fix? Because I do not believe, I do not believe that our government is actually here to help us. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. I just, they're here to have power over us and the power lies within you and I.
1: Right. And that's the important part is that, all right, Currently, the government and the way the system set up is not—it's not beneficial or benefiting the people as well as it should be, right? And I believe that the government and a government needs to happen so that we can function in a different way. But currently, and you said it before, I don't care about—I don't give a shit about uh, Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. Are we really serving all of the people or as many people as we can? Obviously there's going to be poor people. And we, we're not in a vacuum, right? Like, <laughs>
0: right. You, you can't like, that's the thing. You cannot help every single person. Right. But like, right. Majority. How do we get this thing into that bell curve?
1: Yeah. So, and really the, the, the big issues is that to right now, and the reason why I'm, I'm super happy about this whole, uh, not happy it sucks. But the COVID situation um, is it really did unify people in a very different way. Um, And the way it did it is that we were all told that we needed to get together to stop this from spreading so fast. So everybody stay in the house, stay the fuck in the house. So, So if you say it enough, everybody in their heads are going like, all right, I'm staying in the house so that more people can live. So once we, we established that we could stay in the house and we saw the numbers start to drop down and all things were starting to get better, now things are opening back up, then that kind of let us know like, okay, we as people can affect the community and the world at large. Now, um, the next step would be when um, the government started giving out money, like a shit ton of money to me, was the biggest eye-opening moment to me that like, there's never a time in my life where I would ever guess, like, hey, the, the government's going to send you a check for over $1,000. I mean, literally, no one, I don't care at any point in history, most of the, of the U.S. population got money that done. And, and that's wild to me. And it was wild to a lot of people. So doing those two things, it lets you know that the government will do something if it needs to. So now we've got the, uh, the people together and a government that is willing to do whatever the, whatever the fact they want, really. Right? Good and bad. Now, what that means is that we as people can create demand on the government to change systemic problems because if we do decide to not do, and, and we have to organize, we have to be one as this. If we don't want a thing, we can tell the government, Hey, Fuck that, we need to break down that part of the system. We can't operate the same way we've always operated. The the way we're set up isn't going to work anymore. It can't work, it's not working for the people. Things are broken in so many ways. We don't have a life, we're living to work and that's it. Then we go back home to sleep so that we can recover from more work. And then the weekend gets here, I'm relaxing and drinking because I need to get myself back up to work again. There's a lot of a lot of that. So in order to break that, we can all rally together. And what we're talking right now about is Black issues. These Black issues are issues, and the way you solve these Black issues are things that spread everywhere. So if we're talking about, let's say, income inequality, because that's like the easiest one. And I know, again, before doing research, we can talk about the wage gap with women, right? Women get paid less than men. It's science it's been proven throughout a lot of studies the problem with it and um black people get paid less than some people black women get paid the least and asians get paid the most it's it's um Ooh. right yeah i looked that up i was like <laughs> asians get paid more than white people it's <laughs> asian males asian males get paid more than white people not the women all right
0: we're learning now
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah then it's like white males and then it's like indian men and then Women are like way down the list, all right? And then black men, and then like, so what we can do, an easy fix, because I, I, I don't have all the answers, and that, and I will talk about that in just a second. But an easy fix is letting everyone know in what, in your position, what you get paid. So it's not this flux of things where the company has the power to tell you, oh, you get paid this, and then you get paid this everybody gets paid the same for the same position because you're doing the same amount of work. You can get bonuses or something if you're like a better, if you're better. Cause yeah, if you do we, more work in that kind of
0: like uh, athletic system, I, I'm not totally, but yeah. they might put them on. Like they put veterans a lot of times. I'm like, they were giving you the veteran salary might be like $1.3 million, but then <laughs> they put performance benefits in there. Yo, you hit 50 goals exactly. this year. We'll give you another
1: two mil. Right. Is that what and you're that, referring to at that point? Yeah. Exactly. That's how it should be. Everyone needs (laughs) to Now there's a center to work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You get a standard and you know what to do to get a bonus so that it's not a mystery like, huh, I'm getting paid $20,000 more than this person and then I got a fat bonus. I don't know why I'm getting paid more than you. Everybody knows what you're getting paid so that you don't have this inequality and that just helps everyone because if black women and black uh and women in general but black women are at the lowest point of this if they all all come up to the same level as asians or white women or white men (laughs) (laughs) um the only reason i laugh at is because like asian men in america i'm like how did that all of a sudden become the top tier dude
0: dude (laughs) if but if if getting on this call i knew that the probably the most like i'm opening thing you were going to say to me is that Asian men are the highest earners. I'd be like, what? <laughs> right. If you got any takeaway? Of there all the go. things that we're talking about, you're like, oh, that's the most shocking of them all. <laughs>
1: right. right. In America, that's what it is. But if we can all be at that same level, then everyone comes up. And we're talking about this in so many different fields. If we are talking about de-escalating, um, putting over de-escalation practices for police so that they can understand how to de-escalate a situation, it does, it first and foremost, absolutely helps the black community so that we're not dying and we can understand that. But it also helps anybody out there, anybody, right. you, you know, police, because there's police brutality to white people. It's just not as uh, as prevalent. It's not as big. It's not as value, uh, the volume of it isn't as, as, as much. And that's what we're looking for. Um, as far as answers go, though, the way I like to approach any of this stuff is as science, like we know. Right, we 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 approach it as a science. We ask the question, "What's the problem here?" and uh, what, "What's going on here?" We figure out what that problem is. We already have the the data we need. Figure out why a thing is really failing, and that's really what I've been doing. It like a lot of thinking is like, "Where is this starting?" Go back to what is actually causing this, and that's where we at. Where I'm at right now, we're figuring out the systemic problem. So now we understand what doesn't work. Right now. What will work? Yeah. <laughs>
2: sure.
0: God. Well but it's 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 one of those things of like, you know, a lot of times I have the idea of like, well stop coming in with the problems and what what's the solution? But also right. sometimes the solution isn't the actual solution. It's just a, <laughs> it's it's going, Hey, this isn't working, but here's a here's a plausible idea yes. of here's here's why I think it'll work. If you if it if it pans out with this plan, here's what would happen. Now, what do we know about a plan? It never actually goes the way it's supposed to, but it's right. the next step. Okay, if we, if we turn, we're trying to go to this building over here, but the road's blocked. Well, we can go left and then right and then left and right and right. Or we can go right, <laughs> left, right, right. Like, so that makes total sense to me, dude. I, yeah. I, maybe, it's, maybe it's part of the way that I, I live, that, that I don't know a lot about this stuff. Um, right. But at the same time, as I try to tell you, most days, I just wake up trying to figure out what the hell's going on in my own head. Um, so and maybe that's maybe that's a bad issue in itself, but um, oh, yeah. But that that makes uh, a lot more sense. No one's ever talked about it, it to me in that way. And, in, in like, I don't think that I'm closed minded. I I have my opinions about a lot of things, but also it's hard to find value, valuable or valid information when yeah. you know like do people know that hillary clinton was in court yesterday because i literally googled hillary clinton yesterday and was like i scrolled on my phone like four strokes (laughs) and it was like a local tv station i was like are we serious right now
2: yeah right obviously there's more
0: things of concern right now but i like saw something i was like what how like how have i not heard anything about this? these things are just it's just everywhere yeah, it was nowhere. But that makes total sense to me. Now, when you express it the way you just did. Yeah. Because I don't know what I really think when I hear certain things. I think I hear a lot of confusion for me, because I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think I don't think I think this way. Right? You know, I want I want came, you know, I don't want anybody to fear for their fucking life. <laughs> at any moment, unless unless you are one of those bad apples, yeah. right? And I don't mean to lump it, it was there's a lot of that going on and yeah. to me it's really hard to understand because you're like well again like there's a logic in there of like well yeah i mean there's good people there's bad people and you look at any you know career or you know profession you know all right there's good politician bad politician good black or white bad whatever yeah and so i didn't mean any ignorance by that but it was it's hard to not hear those things and go well i don't know man i mean it sounds logical. Sounds yeah. rooted, rooted, with value and like some kind of like, well, hold on, let's take some emotion on this thing. But when you do look at it, you can acknowledge your systemic. I always think, I always think like executive branch and legislative branch and the president yeah. when I think systemic. Yeah. And I know, I know there's this despair in schools and you look at inner city and in suburbs. I'm, I'm not a total asshole. I, I can see those things, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why. And quite frankly, I don't think I've ever looked into it because uh, for a lot of reasons, it, it hasn't affected me. And yeah. that's, that part of it is ignorant.
2: Hmm.
0: But I've never sat there and thought, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Right. Again, I do think that we are not in a vacuum. And I think that, unfortunately, there's going to be people that are way over here at the top. And they're outliers to the right. And there's outliers to the left. But in no way do I think that we can't find a way to get 95% or 90% of the people in here and go, listen we can figure this thing out to some capacity where we're all doing better. But at the end of the day, to me, I've looked at it and gone with the racism situation. Why is anyone fearing for their life? Yeah. You know, why, why, Where does that hate come from? And why is that an argument? And why do we have this issue? Now, some people are going to have thoughts on like money. Well, just make your money. Okay. All right. That's, that. to me is less about racism, more about like, Saying you've got a shot. If you've got a shot, go figure it out. Because no one person is born into the same situation. You know, I got a sister. Our situations were not the same. Obviously, she's female. I'm a male, so there's one low-hanging fruit difference. But the way you place that with a systemic issue, Cam,
1: yeah,
0: uh, is going to set me into another thought process here. (laughs) And I like, I, I truly appreciate you being able to articulate that because I don't think that a lot of people can. In fact, I, the reason I believe that is because I've never heard it put that way and I don't consider myself sheltered in a way that I don't pay attention and I'm not willing to listen. Um, so, so for that, like that point from you is going to have me thinking about everything differently. And I appreciate that. That's why I want to do these things.
1: Um, Um, One of the things, and I mean, as we kind of like go down that, and it, it, I guess it goes into um, what action people can take is, yeah, people in your position, and it's um, understanding that if, let's say, some people might want to just give money, right? And I'll go something near to me and might be near to you is that there's the suicide rate in the black community is really high, okay. It's mostly because the the black community has either lower healthcare, no healthcare, or something where they cannot afford to get some type of therapy or some type of outreach, or it might just not be around. So there's there's an organization in Detroit, and I'm sure it's everywhere, that is dedicated to getting therapy to children and teenagers uh, all the way up to 18 it's just getting them therapy and they're just a free counseling and therapist, um, center. It's called Caleb's kids. And it, it, all you have to do really is just like, if you just want to donate, that's great. If you want to do some type of other changes, it's like organized, it's organizing people and understanding that we have to support the mental game of everyone. And it needs to be in black lives if we can really hone that in and say like, white people need this, then it will happen everywhere. Everyone will start to understand like, man, they're really benefiting from this. We also need to be therapists and counseling and stuff to help that mental health needs to be everywhere. So if we take that approach, something that people love and like, I have this thing, and, I, and for me, it's health. I want to be able to give fitness to everyone and health. Then we can start to devise ways that we can help, first of all, people who don't have it, and then everyone will start to get it. And that's where it's at.
0: That, that, that's, um, you're right. That is near and dear to my heart. Um, I literally have written on here about how do we shift black mindset? How do we shift white mindset? <laughs> because, you know, in, in, in talking about change, everybody's got to be willing to look at their darknesses or their thought process. And, and, you know, like, listen, we, we can fight for the black community, but if the black community is saying they want change, but their actions aren't going to show they want change, there won't be change. the same way if whites aren't willing to change the way they think about these things or, you know, whatever the scenario is, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to, again, make one broad stroke with it, but I think, you know, where I'm coming from is like, you got to infect your own mind. And and the other night I couldn't sleep and I have a a note a mile long about just everything. Just trying to get my thoughts out a little bit. And it was kind of like, dude, this can be just like COVID. We know the power of changing one mind is the same as infecting one person with COVID. We just learned the value in a negative light about (laughs) exponents. Yeah. We just learned how quickly things can change.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Unfortunately, now the human emotion is, is potentially in the way. COVID yeah. didn't give a fuck. COVID <laughs> did not <laughs> give a fuck. No fuck at
2: all.
0: And that, that's important. Like, in part of wanting change, we've all got to be willing to change. That's why I'm making myself vulnerable to go, dude, I'm going to probably say some things that are going to come across in one way that I don't mean at all in the way they come across. You know, you stopped yeah. me. Thank you for stopping me. Yeah. I felt like I was getting fired up when you said stop. And I was like, I don't even know if I said something wrong. I just know I'm really like frustrated because I cannot wrap my head around. <laughs> and I get like that with everything in my life where I just go, oh my God. yeah, Why can't we fix this? Mm-hmm. And I literally go to back to the mind about everything. The mind will do anything that we need it to do. And we can do this on a mass level. And you coming at it from the angle of like mental health, I didn't hear anything about the food populate, you know, the, the food deserts. I didn't hear anything about, um, lack of being able to go in to get your physicals. Those are issues. Those are issues everywhere. Some people have the opportunity. They don't go do it.
2: Right.
0: Another, another whole situation. I don't think the situation is we should go to a socialistic healthcare system because we, as the society in America do not value our health. So, so like, not saying that everybody doesn't deserve this stuff. What I'm yeah. saying is, tipping tipping the scale all the way to the other side is not the answer either. There's a gray area, right? There's a gray area, and we have to work really fucking hard as a society to come together and go, "What is it? What is that?" And you, dude, you bringing up the mental health side of things. I've been saying this for freaking years, and because I because I've experienced my own shit. Mm-hmm. We all need more of that. Specifically, as technology, the world around us starts moving way faster, humans are not evolved that quickly. We are not. And I think that, I personally think that's part of some of our issues inside of the world going, dude, everything's moving so much faster. The news comes at you every second. You have no time to go sit back in your recliner and go, all right hold on what yeah how how does this affect can how is this affecting me i don't have time to think about how it affects can i'm <laughs> i'm in survival mode in some way everybody is because mm-hmm. the landscape continually changes yeah now so to me like the mental health side of things the mind literally is where we should be starting with everybody yeah and get in in some capacity we need to give these resources i don't know how it happens but i do think i i've said this for years dude there's there's more of that that needs to happen because if you, can, if you can change young Cam's mind, you you might be the President of the United States next.
2: Yeah. If
0: someone implanted something, you know, you didn't, if someone broke down an experience you had that you had, but it, it happened different than you thought it did, and you were able to turn your mind on to going, oh, that was, that's not exactly how that experience went.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then maybe, maybe at this point, you would have had a gym 10 years ago. I don't know, you know, whatever the example right. is. To me, that's, that's an incredible point out on your part, and I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right, dude, because the resource in general of mental health is not strong enough in our country. It's just cool. not. Bad. And, and I don't care what color you are. It's just not there.
2: No.
0: Um, and that's truly unfortunate because I think that anybody in science will understand the power of your mind. Yeah, if you're if you're in the science community and you still think the mind doesn't affect the body, dude, you're 105 years old and you wrote <laughs> like the first book on all this stuff. Going, it doesn't connect.
2: Yeah,
0: you know. So to me, that Cam, yeah, that's that's really cool. And, and I'd be interested to try and figure out how how we create that change because that is something that's near and dear to my heart on a personal level. You know, if, yeah. if anybody's ever listened to the first two episodes of this, Nate and I both went into our struggles with mental health and mine and suicide and pills. And, and, and I still struggle day to day about thinking where my value is in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and to me that I hear somebody else say, it and I go, that's troubling. How do I help that person? In yeah. some reason I can talk about myself, but I don't go, ah, how do I fix that for myself? I try to, but I don't, you know, it's easy to avoid some of these things as we're finding out with a lot of things. Right. Um, you said something about leadership earlier, Cam. Hmm. And I kind of didn't like what you said. What? What's that? You said you're not much of a leader in this situation. I mean, <laughs> and I'm and not, I, I mean, I didn't like what you said because I, I've always thought of you as, as a leader, you Cam, the leader, you, man. you, you do what you believe is strong in your heart. And, and that to me is the epitome of a leader. You, you, you're not going to, we don't have to agree on everything. I can, what I appreciate most about this is I can say some, a lot of things and you're not like, fuck you, Brian.
2: (laughs) No, dude,
0: listen, your experience has not been the same as mine. Let me tell you what my experience has been and how I view it. Awesome, dude. That was, that, that was my whole goal for this whole thing. And it really concerned me when you text me and said, I hope you give me what you want. Dude, I just want your time and your mind. (laughs) I want to know how I can be better. And I also want to understand how we can together allow people to hear something that goes, dude, you, all you gotta do is have a conversation. You know, when, when a white male like me comes to cam and goes, here's how I see it, Cam. And you can go, let me slow you down. Let me, let me just challenge the way you're thinking about that. Oh, mm-hmm. huh, great. Let me process that and do see what I do with it. Right. That is, that to me is where the change starts. And that is the mindset shift of going, Hey, as a black man in this society, I'm open to having this conversation, and you don't have to agree with me. You don't, even when the conversation over, you don't have to agree with me. The fact that you're having the conversation is change.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, am I going to believe everything that you say, and, and I'm going to go, "Oh, Cam's all right, maybe," <laughs> but maybe, but maybe you make me go think about something else, and I come back to you and go, "Just think about this one," and you go, "Fuck, dude, no, I didn't." Let me see if I can apply that change to my community, or you know, whatever it might be. Right. This is the ladder, I it is. right? Yeah. And, and this is, and even if a racism was totally erased, we'd still be climbing the same ladder. How do we optimize? And to me, like, that's exactly, I didn't like talking about mental health all the time on, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how do we optimize? I think if you're at a negative 10, you go to a negative nine, you've optimized. Yeah. You know, why, why do we continually talk about uh, suicide? This, it's a rough time. It's just rough. This, you know, like, police brutality is rough. Yes. How do we talk about what it means to get better? Because it's not gonna just go, ah, Sunday morning, perfect. And We will never see perfect. There's gonna be another event where unfortunately a black man is gonna be wrongfully, at least in some people's eyes, wrongfully killed or have an event like that. Yeah. And it's gonna it's gonna be a Travis the same way that George Floyd was. Regards, you know, I didn't know that the autopsy came out. I didn't, I don't care what George Floyd's past was. Was he a great citizen? Uh, not criminally, but yeah. had also, did, like, everybody's got their own shit. I mean, like, yeah. I've played around with pills. I've played around with marijuana. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, I just didn't get caught legally with them. Yeah. So, like, was he the, you know, epitome of perfect person? No. no. Did that mean he deserved to have a knee in the back of his head while he's saying, dude, I'm not going to be able to breathe in about three, two, one. No. Oh. That, no. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But we're never gonna live in the perfect system. Yeah. But there's change that ladder continually grow the process, right? The whole like self-help community right now is talking about folks on the process, folks on the process. What can you do to invoke change? How do you take one step forward? Yeah, you mm-hmm. might fall down three steps, but how do you boom right back up? How do you do that?
2: Right. And to
0: me, that was the whole purpose, dude. I'm mean, I I was excited to talk to you. I was nervous as fuck but it yeah. concerned me when you were like i hope you don't i don't want to let you down and i was like dude what yeah. <laughs> you can't you you are living the experience that you're living the same way i'm living the experience i'm living and although i struggle with this mindset i shouldn't feel guilty for what, the way i live because i don't think i come from a malicious standpoint but that does not mean that i can't be open to understanding more to listening right. more because it's the same way of you know my sister, she could text me and go, ah, fuck today. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, do I just go, I don't care because it's not my experience. Yeah, I, you, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap this up in a way that I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful yeah. that I can learn. I apologize for anything that I personally have come across as ignorant to you quite frankly, in this case, I don't really care about everybody else. It's important to me that you understand that I love you. Um, I re- I will never forget, dude. Um, when we, I text you about the, uh, nachos in Cleveland, that was,
2: <laughs> that'll, be a, that'll be
0: a story forever. <laughs> but more, more <laughs> to my heart is, you know, my life trajectory changed because of you. Uh, you, you, I had you over for Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Yeah. And you told me some things that were going on in our lives at that moment. And it was the first time and my sister had told me some stuff and I didn't listen to her. It. it was my sister. It's like, your mom <laughs> told you something. You're like, ah, dude, come on. And then yeah. someone else said something you're like, Oh yeah, 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 I got it. Right. But you said it. And it was like, Cam couldn't make this up. Cam has nothing to gain out of me feeling the pain that I'm feeling by hearing what he's saying. And you you literally, you changed the trajectory of my life. And oh. And so for me, it's important for you to understand, or at least for me to feel like you understand that, like, I want to learn more. I appreciate your honesty and your openness to to communicate these things. I think regardless of this, the issue at hand, racism, financial, you know, business, whatever it is, I think that you are an outstanding human being in your ability to communicate with people. And... That's right where you started this whole thing. The whole conversation you started with what? I started in communications. And the old joke would be, well, that's every every high end of collegiate athletes major, right? Just <laughs> get it. But
2: yeah.
0: at the basis of it is everything is about communication. Body mm-hmm. language, the way you voice something, the way you learn something. It's mm-hmm. all communicate, And you said that. And I think it's it just... To me, I've we've pulled this full circle. We've absolutely yeah. pulled this full circle, dude. And I, I just, I'm sure there's a million things that we can continue to talk about. Yeah, good. Um, I, I hope that we can continue to grow together, you and I, the society, all these things of, of how do we just take one step to better? You know, the the one percent better. Um, on every podcast, I ask my guest uh, one last question. I'm gonna ask you two. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, man. If we did live in a vacuum, okay, what would perfect look like for the black community, for society, for America, and for the world? And you don't, I mean, I want you to focus on whatever part of that you want to.
1: In a vacuum. What would be a perfect world, black society, world, everything, just the whole thing? Yeah. Really, in a perfect world, people would be able to live. <laughs> it's it's weird, man, because it's basically living as open as yourself as you want to be, and that that's the the biggest thing is as being able to be who you want to be. Um, and I'm not talking about, I want to be like an astronaut and you all, you know, you can be an astronaut if you're, you know, dumb, dumb as rocks, um, but, you know, cause like you, you got to do so many steps to be an astronaut. There's always it's, a
0: standard somewhere.
1: Right. You, you gotta, there has to be a standard, but I don't want it to be, um, you know, Billy wants to be an astronaut, but he can't be an astronaut because, it, you know, his mom's working three jobs and he's got to support his kid you know like his kid brother and you know can't do any schools you know so then they can't even become they have no opportunity to become what they want um i want people to be if i want to be black you know and i don't have to feel like i have to tone anything down or somebody wants to be gay they can't say that they're gay because they can't you can't live who you are and i want people to be able to be who they are and have the opportunity to do what they want to do. And if something stops them because they can't, like, I want to be the fastest person alive, and I can't run that fast. Well, you're, four that feet, you're
0: four feet tall. <laughs>
1: right, right, exactly. There's, there's other hurdles in life that you, everyone will meet. I don't want the hurdle to be something that we can somehow figure out a way to stop that from happening. Or, you know, if it's a societal thing where, like, gay people aren't allowed. I'm like, what, why there's other things that could stop this gay person. Like why? Like, we don't have to, like, I don't like stupid people. And I'll tell people that day, day in and day out, like stupid people are the worst, the worst. So those will limit, that'll limit enough people. Like don't let those stupid people get up because they, they had they happen to have a ton of money. Let's get smart people who are having a, an issue. Um, it might be having some issues. That's my world is like smart people are being able to go to the top. stupid people go be stupid. you know
2: Fair <laughs> dude it's um, that's what
1: I got at the moment. <laughs> like,
0: it's, it's, it's more than enough, dude it's uh <laughs> it's a it's like a I hate the phrase but live your truth. Have yeah. the opportunity to live your truth, you know, like I've never understood the whole issue with with the gay population like i I don't know i. I can't understand it. It's not my way of thinking. Yeah. And I also don't sit here and go like, "Don't do it" because of that. I don't know. Go live your fucking life. I, who am I? You know, like okay. again, I got my own problems inside of my own head. Like,
2: ah, yeah.
0: I'm just trying to get out of that way. <laughs> it's before I ask the last question, I want to also allow you opportunity. Is anything that you just want to? get off your chest and message anything like that. Uh, you know, my mom and Anna are probably going to be the only two that listen to this anyway. So um, with a little luck, maybe like two of our friends will listen <laughs> if
1: they like us enough. <laughs> two more people. I, I yeah, up the, we're going to be I shooting way up the rankings up. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I told like six people I, were, I was going to be on it. So you might have like three more. Three. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the other three are like, Oh yeah, I listen to it.
2: And then you, yeah.
1: but, uh, Really, the mental health thing, um, I want to tell you. I mean, the mental health thing is, is I don't need to tell you. You know about it. <laughs> like, you're very, versatile, But it means a lot to me, especially in um, these Black communities that uh, everyone needs help, obviously. We talked about it. Everyone could use some therapy, someone to talk to, let it out, just kind of be able to get whatever you have and whatever you're dealing with out and have somebody kind of understand and help you work through it um and i the black community is really it's first of all it's seen as a negative thing in in, in the world at large but there's a stigma for sure right the black community it's oh man even um just being having any mental issues is seen as you some you've done something wrong um so Just being able to focus in on that, I want people to understand that that needs to be a strong part of any kind of changes. If we can start really analyzing ourselves and really digging into what we are doing to affect how we see the world and how we interact with the world, because the world is still going to be there, but we need to figure out ourselves first. We can start to work that. um, I'd really love that. Um, and the way that anybody can do it, especially if we're trying to affect the black community, there are already organizations out there. Just email them and tell ask them, what can I do to help? They got the ideas because I, I don't, and I'll do the same. I'll email them, like, hey, what can we do to help build some mindfulness and some introspective in the black community? What can we do? I'll email them. I'll be glad to share what they tell me, uh, what, to you, what they tell me. But yeah, that's just start with some. Um, and for anybody that's listening, all six or seven of you, um, it's the same I'm, thing. I'm one of them. Right. It, <laughs> right, you just keep refreshing it, like, there we go, I'll just play it again. One million plays. Let's just to it, anybody that picks this up. Take what you love about life, what has really helped you, what is something that really helps you get through the day, and imagine that you didn't have that. And that might be the black community, or it might be any community of color. And they, or underprivileged community, poor communities, figure out how you can get in contact with somebody that is trying to get people to do that. And you'll have some answers and you'll have some purpose and you know, whatever's getting you through the day, might be just like five minutes of more work that you got to do to help some other people get something that you love. And that is awesome. If you love hockey and there's an organization that's trying to get some black hockey players out there, you know, that's awesome. Then you can help them out or maybe they have ideas. Um, And that's just getting things rolling. It doesn't have to be a big thing for everyone. We don't have to talk about incarceration for everyone. It could just be about straight up. I want more black people in hockey because that makes hockey better.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Dude, mic, mic drop. Don't even need to ask my last question because I feel like they would have answered it. I always ask people like, "What would it be to have a life well done?" Oh, fuck, that was it right there. Find the one thing, go invest in it in whatever capacity you can, and it rolls. Um, yeah, we're gonna end it right there, then. <laughs> Cam Brown, Ferndale Mission, dude. Okay. Also, you got the best location for a gym because um, Imperial is right fucking there. Oh, so. Man.
2: <laughs>
1: It was crazy awesome. It, I mean, we we haven't been in the gym, but they've had a, a food truck, and they asked us if they could just park in the the parking lot in the back. Yes, you oh,
2: can. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, you can. <laughs> now we just roll up there, like sit in our parking lot, open the bay, and we're just eating Tinos at our place. We're eating Imperial. It's like, oh man, that's you couldn't ask for anything better than that. <laughs> Love it, dude. Well,
0: Cam, thank you, thank you for your openness. Thank you for your willingness to. Share your your life experiences. Um, Thank you for your patience and and kindness with me, and and being able to ask you questions. And uh, hopefully, next time we're doing this, we are experiencing change, and we are also drinking a ginger beer together.
1: Oh, Um, taste ginger beer, dude!
0: Oh man, what a what a time! But uh, Cam, good luck with everything business wise, and all that. COVID (laughs) also is is a Fuck man, so much yeah. going on. But good luck to you. Tell Sarah I said hey, and uh, we'll keep fighting a good fight, dude. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me on, man.
0: Of course, dude. <laughs> um, that you, fucking you, record button now. <laughs> Encore. We probably we were not going to be able to go back to what we just said, but <laughs> like, say, say what you just said again. i just so, put this on the back end of it because yeah, man, we have like a little bonus section. I think there's a natural fear in in humans. In in what you just said, and it'll probably make more clear when you say it, but there's a natural human uh, fear in humans of going, like, well, if I push somebody else up, doesn't that make, make sense that I go down? Now, a lot of times, in, in a lot of the way, a lot of the, the things, the variables in our lives, that does happen. You know, like yeah. take a video game. When you were creating your player, if you put your speed all the way up, well, that yeah. meant your power went way down. Right. And so we we always do see this like the gauge goes up, the other gauge goes down, and, and a lot of times we don't see it just go, oh, right, it's just sitting real close to even. Again, not a vacuum, it's not perfect, but say what you just said there.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean yeah. it's in I probably won't say it as good as I did before because we weren't recording, but now and now they're recording, it'll be a shit show. But it's I think that's one of the the big things about this movement is that people who are against it are thinking like, well, all lives matter. So we don't need to focus on black lives. And if we push black lives up, that means that the other lives or white people lives go down. But that isn't the case. If we have black lives going up, white lives can either stay the same or go up as well. And, and if you believe that white lives are going down because black lives are going up, then that, then that means you also believe that black lives are bad right now and you don't want to be in that bad place and that's a logical fallacy if you don't Dude, if that
0: if if that doesn't scream that we as a society as humans have been taught to come from a place of lack i don't know what does
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you know like if it, it could be any race and i'm you know if if it was completely inverse white white was in the situation of, it was white racism you know racism against whites
2: yeah
0: and it would the situation it would be like a there's not enough there's not enough for all of us. Yeah. And like what we just found out with COVID is that we, you know, when you think about money, uh, just right. press, they, they literally just going to press print. They literally press print. <laughs> like, I don't know, Everybody's like, where are they going to get this money from? I always say about taxes. People are like, oh, they're going to lower this tax. Yeah, because they're going to raise the next tax. Another <laughs> situation where the variable, one variable goes down, another one goes up somewhere. And yeah. we've been kind of trained. To say like, well, that's what happens everywhere. And it doesn't have to. It doesn't have yeah. to. If you you know, you look at some of these entrepreneurs and, and I'm trying to be one of all, all these situations, like, what do you want? And you mentioned that. What do you want to do? Yeah. Okay. You should be afforded the opportunity from some level to go, I want to do this. Okay, just make sure that there is the shot to be there's a given shot. No, it's impossible to probably make it even for everybody. It's just against that vacuum conversation. Yeah. But the the fact that there is a door that everybody can see from wherever they were put onto this planet means that you can choose to walk up, find the key, open the door, and then you can see what's going on. You know, yeah. and, and maybe there's, maybe that's the thought process about funneling some of these things in. No, dude, a lot of the stuff I feel like is very much like religion or sports teams, which I've always kind of put together. I'm not a very religious person. In fact, I'm not at all. I think there's a higher, I think there's a higher power. Mm-hmm. In this whole last like three or four months has really made me think that we are actually in a simulation. Um, <laughs> I can I can like, see that argument. <laughs> but like, look at look at the belief system as a majority, and what people believe in where they were born. I'm a mm-hmm. Detroit Red Wings fan, it wasn't because I was born in Chicago. <laughs> you know, right. like I know some people that are like born born in Michigan. They're like, no, I fucking like Buffalo. What? Yeah. You know, okay. Fine. But the mass majority of people that are into sports in Michigan they are like, no, dude, I, I like Detroit sports. Right. You know, and, and I feel like religion kind of goes in that way. And it just, everybody's born into something. And everybody does have a shot. But once you start getting away from, okay, you're, you were given a shot because you were born. Okay, what's the next pillar up? Yep. What's the door that everybody can walk through if they so choose?
2: Mm-hmm. This,
0: some people. Are going to decide you know what my opportunities in, in gang and violence yeah okay but don't right. but don't make it because you didn't see the door right there's a door and and to me a lot of that comes into that full circle of what you said about mental health yeah we have to make sure you understand even if you're in this environment you know you have a choice you have a choice to go to that door or you have the choice to go to that door no Cam, you were born, and your chance may not look like mine. Yeah. I don't have control over that. You didn't have control over that. But if if you had the, some kind of influence in your in your life, whether it be your parent, your sister, a counselor, a teacher, whatever it might be, the fact that that was there could have been the reason that you went, oh, okay. Well, I don't have to go like that because that looks really disastrous over there, and it makes me uncomfortable. But I was just going to do it because that's all I've known. Yeah. But someone goes, Cam, dude, you could you could go to college, you could be a gym owner, you could impact the lives of hundreds, thousands, millions through fitness, mm-hmm. among other things inside that variable. You'd go, huh? Well, how, tell me more about that. And they go, that door over there. All you have to do is find a way to walk your ass over to that door, knock it down, and then take on every other fucking challenge there. Exactly. All the <laughs> other. <laughs> like, hey, something to there. me, <laughs> it's really hard because, like, I get stuck in this vacuum situation. We're not in a vacuum. There's no way that like, it's going to be perfectly the same for everybody. It sucks. It'd be easier for everybody if it was perfect. Yeah. But also who, anybody that's ever been at the, the top of the system, what have they always preached? Uh, dude went through some hard shit and that's the shit that made me appreciate where I am now. And it's why I'm here right now. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So to me, it just comes back again to that communication, the mental health side of things. of like, who's leading your leader cam a leader someone recently someone recently just told me like dude all you gotta do is be one step ahead of the person you're
1: helping yeah maybe that's it man i don't know and that's i mean it's all it's all some really cool i, I feel like this is a great conversation i'm happy we're like we're pushing this forward we're figuring out some new stuff and i i'm uh really appreciate you having me on this this whole thing <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, I thought there was a butt coming. <laughs> no, no. You're thought, fucking, man. I thought you were going to be like, I thought you were going to be like, but you're a fucking asshole. Right, you're a fucking asshole, man.
0: So, I'm edit
1: that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I would just skip that part. The whole, that whole shift. Man, yeah. it's it's. Um, I think that's one of the near and dear parts. Oh, shit. Now I'm starting to remember. So somewhere... One of my... Help books, my self-help books. Uh, they they say they ask like yourself two questions. What would be the um, what would be the downside of changing is number one. So like if we all of a sudden just let black people, you know, give black people all, all their, their whatever they want. Like what would be the downside of that, and what would be the positive of not changing? and list it out as much as you can, right? And then eventually you'll look at it and it's like the positives are not changing and then the, the, the negatives don't really match up or you start to internalize why I feel this way. And that's kind of something, and again, I guess it's all going back into the mental thing and just like, it's really all about what you kind of can control inside your body. But that's one of those things that impact me because like there'd be some things that I'm like, all right, well, why do I not want to change? Um one thing that I guess I'm struggling with right now is like the uh the non-binary the gender non-binary thing it's not that I hate it or anything like that I just don't understand and I don't really have anybody to talk to <laughs> so yeah. I,
0: well it's like you know they say like well an athlete falls to the level of their preparation yeah okay well same way like well if if someone in the black community is not willing to talk to me and I'm not willing to ask well well, right, of course, there's not going to be change. I'm just going, I don't know. I'm just stalemate. Right, exactly. See you tomorrow, you know. Right. Uh, so, and, and I guess that was really the goal, cool, this whole thing was like, hey, I'm not a bad person. I'm not. And yeah. overall, I want good. And maybe I'm ignorant by environment. You know, like, I don't get mad at my parents for trying to give me the best life I can. Trust me. I got issues too. They don't <laughs> look the same as Cam's issues, but they're the same as Cam's issues. Yeah. How do I develop myself into a better human? How do I get the things that I want? A human, we're all the same, but we're all different.